pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 168. Today I'm going to chat with Anson Roberts, aka Nub Gunner, discuss a newly elected pro-gun congresswoman for Colorado, highlight a new aluminum Glock 44 slide from Nelson Precision Manufacturing, and talk about a Florida woman in labor who insisted on voting before going to the hospital. I am your host, Ava Flannell. And Anson, how are you doing today? I'm good. Just uh, enjoying this nice fall weather being able to get out a lot more. It's not uh, 90 degrees anymore. So mid 60s, can't complain. And what state are you living I in? Am, I'm in North Carolina. I'm originally from Ohio, but it's not Ohio weather here, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we moved. Well, yeah, I got to say that beach house is looking better and better because right now all of the leaves on my trees are dropping. And yesterday I spent uh, probably four hours blowing and picking up the leaves that were in my front yard only to come back from working out this morning. And cool, it looks like I did nothing. There's leaves everywhere. (laughs) Once again, I've concluded that leaves are like Mother Nature's glitter. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. You just can't get rid of it. On your car, in your car. (laughs) Yeah. Kids dragging them in. I totally understand. I know. Yeah. Or in my case, tickles dragging them in. Anyways, (laughs) let's get on into it. If you're looking for a good suppressor ready 9mm pistol, you should go check out the MMP9 M2.0 compact threaded barrel versions. They feature a 4.6 threaded barrel and suppressor height sights from the factory, so you don't have to find another barrel and change out the sights like a lot of pistols. There are two versions one with two 15 round and one with two 10 round magazines, depending on the state, and they include all of the normal MMP 2.0 enhancements. The M2O Compact has a low bore access reducing muzzle flip, which will be further reduced when you run it with a suppressor. It also comes with four interchangeable palm swells to optimize the fit of the grip so that you can make sure that you have that ideal grip and trigger reach. MSRP is $569, which is a great buy for a suppressor-ready pistol. Check it out. That is at smith-wesson.com. Okay, so Anson, before we get into it, just tell me a little bit about yourself, a little bit about early life, your first experience with firearms. Yeah, so I really didn't have a ton of experience with firearms before going into the Marine Corps, just kind of being as a kid in general, just out playing war or cops and robbers with friends. No hunting experience with like a family member or anything really, but just having that background of family being in the military and things like that. So growing up early, <clears throat> I'd always wanted to serve my country and didn't specifically want to be in the Marine Corps, but I wanted to do something. So moving into my adolescent years, I kind of was not very a uh, good student, <laughs> if you will. So I just played a lot of sports. So I just got good enough grades to play sports and didn't really have a plan after that. So Joining the Marine Corps kind of seemed like a really good option for me. Actually enlisted in my junior year of high school. So, oh, wow. How does that work? If you enlist, you still have to wait until you're 18 to join, correct? Or you have to wait until you're finished with school? Yeah, I actually have to have a parent slash guardian 
sign the papers and then wait until I graduated with my high school diploma before I shipped off. So I graduated, uh, I think like a Friday or Thursday and like the next day I was gone. Wow. So, <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Irresponsible kid right into a man's world. Huh, right. No kidding. How long were you in the military for? Uh, I was in a little over four years. Obviously, an enlistment's usually four years, but getting into just briefly like the injury process, like waiting on the um, medical board, the PEB board to come back. So I was just waiting for that process to finish before I ultimately got retired from the Marine Corps after a little four years. Okay. Let's talk about your injury because I don't really, I know that they referred to you as Nub Gunner. <laughs> yeah. Do you mind talking about that? No, no. As to like what happened? Of, yeah, that's kind of what I've morphed myself into is like just um, putting myself out there and especially on the social media aspect, you know, because there's always, you always have haters, you know. Mm -hmm. So the injury process, just to get back into it, started in the Marine Corps in 2005 and was in until I got injured in 2007 and didn't end up retiring until 2009. So um, I was deployed to Iraq with Regimental Combat Team 6. They were in Fallujah, but for some reason, they sent 12 of us guys to a place called Habania. I got attached to an EOD team, which is Explosive Ordnance Disposal. Um, I'm not a bomb tech or anything. I was a security for those guys. So we were constantly in and around IEDs all the time. Super dangerous. <laughs> I can't even imagine for the bomb tech crew. They were awesome. So one day we got tasked with a mission to end up clearing a section of road that no coalition forces had been in like six months. For some reason, they tasked us. So we're like, all right, roger that. And we packed up uh, every bullet that we owned, every pre-made charge. Uh, I had like a robot strapped to the front of my hood. And we set off on this mission to go start clearing this road. And uh, we get out there and probably like every 100 to 200 yards that we'd come across an IED, set it off, clear the road and keep pushing. And this happened all day. We ended up taking a uh, security. We stopped, secured a house, took lunch break and got back in our vehicles and started pushing again. And I wouldn't say more than 30 minutes into that because they, they knew where we were, obviously, mm -hmm. <laughs> into that after that lunch break. That's when we got into like a big contact with some insurgents, if you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Started taking contact. We had some guys dismount from the vehicles and start pushing into um, this alleyway. If you can kind of picture, there's like two houses on each side and then an alley down the middle. And our guys got into those houses and started uh, clearing them. And then they started taking fire from some more rooftops. And uh, I was the lead vehicle in our convoy, uh, three gun trucks and the EOD truck. So I pulled down the same thing. All my guys just walked over and they set off this massive IED. It threw the Humvee in the air, almost did, it did like a, a flip and landed straight side up, luckily. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty intense. And it ended up throwing my gunner out the top of the turret over towards the left side uh, house of the alleyway where our guys were. So they were able to get to him and pull him into like the courtyard where they were at. And I was trapped inside the Humvee and was completely engulfed in flames. Every piece of ammo that we had was in there. Things are starting to cook off and I can't get out. The door is not opening. <laughs> the one time that you need the damn door to open, it's not opening. 
So I go ahead and crawl over the middle of the vehicle. We have two radios and then a computer. So I end up crawling over both of those things. And then on the right-hand side of the vehicle, it was like sheared off. I just remember like seeing like sun beaming in. And so I ended up crawling out of the vehicle and falling down on the ground. And I was on fire still. And I ended up standing up. And as soon as I stand up, I get like immediately tackled to the ground. At first, I didn't realize what was going on, but it was EOD Corman, which is the medic, the doc, you know, lifesavers. We Mm -hmm. love them. (laughs) He's over there patting me, putting the flames out. And he's asking me, you know, am I good? Am I good? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. And I didn't realize the extent of the injuries until after. So then me and him start standing up and all of a sudden we start getting shot at on the rooftop. And so luckily we start running back towards the vehicles, uh, towards the other gun trucks that were up on an elevated road behind us. And they start opening up with the 50 cows and the 240. And we're able to, you know, we're still getting shot at. And we make it back to the EOD MRAP, which is like a mine resistant vehicle. So we're in there. The other guys are still shooting. You know, they're still suppressing, suppressing targets and threats out there. We don't know what's going on with our other guys that are in the house in the courtyard area. They're still clearing buildings. Then the corpsman, my buddy, like starts telling him, like, I'm super cold. You know, I need some water. And he's like, just, just take it. Just chill, Robert. Chill. And he starts cutting all my gear off, which I didn't want him to do because I ended up, you know, buying my own stuff. I had my own stuff with me, not a lot of the issued stuff. And <laughs> I still <laughs> still get hell from them still to this day about that. I didn't want him to cut all my stuff off, but he did. And he started saran wrapping my burns, like my hands, all the way up my arms, my legs. So yeah, I'm just sitting there in their vehicle, firefights going on all around me and I really can't do anything. You know, my hands are completely like toasted. Those guys end up clearing those houses and coming back to the convoy or our little security element. And we're trying to get support by fire. Nobody wants to come out. It's too hot of an LZ, you know, too hot of an area. And uh, we ended up doing, I always refer to it as like the Austin Powers thing where he's in that little golf cart and it's like backing up going forward and like to, to turn around to go back where we came from and, uh, it took like five minutes to turn around all these vehicles and start heading back to where a helicopter would meet us so we drove back and luckily it was down the same road obviously that we just cleared that whole day and got back in a ch-46 you know they're from vietnam lands and i'm running out the door and i'm sitting on the helicopter waiting waiting for our guys to come and they bring my other buddy in on a door that they had kicked down because <laughs> we didn't have a stretcher with us. They brought him in, put him on a stretcher that the helicopter had. And then we ended up taking off to surgical area on TQ right across from Habania base. And I always tell it it's hilarious because I'm in silkies, which are like super tight shorts and boots. Hmm. The helicopter lands and I run out the back ramp. And I'm just running down the flight line over towards where they have the, the aid station set up and I get in there. I tell them who I am, what you know I'm with, you know, name, rank, zero number, all that. And they end up putting an IV in me. And that was kind of like the last thing I remember being in country of Iraq. Wow. And your friend that was on the door where the stretcher, was he okay? Yeah. So he ended up shattering his elbow which they were able to reconstruct. And then he had two of his vertebrae in his back that were messed up, but they were able to put pins and some rods in there 
and he's actually a doctor now, which is crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You'd never think like some of these people that you served with and lived with and fought with and stuff. And then years later, people, you know, move on from things. So yeah, he's, he's doing good. So what were the extent of your injuries? So the blast, the EOD guys estimated it to be about like a 300 pound IED. And so I had a lot of burn and flash fire damage to my body. Luckily, like no shrap metal, like my plate carrier caught all that kind of stuff. Everything was just extends to the fire. So I had like 30% uh, second and third degree burns and obviously first degree burns to my face, hands, all the way up my arms, my legs, my knees. So they sent me to Brook Army Medical Center in Texas eventually after many surgeries and things and got me stabilized and sent me down there to Texas for a lot more surgeries and a lot more of the recovery process. My hands obviously were the worst part of the injury. So what exactly happened to your hands? Because you don't have your fingers now. Correct. Yeah. So they were still there. They weren't like blown off in an IED or anything, but just the fire damage to them is almost like charcoal. Uh, I have a picture of it. My hands were completely like black from the fingertips going all the way up to my knuckles. Wow. And they were trying to save them as much as they could, like trying to get the blood flow back and things like that. But they ended up ultimately having to amputate basically everything but my thumbs. Wow. What went through your mind when all of this was going on? Oh, man, there's so much like just in general going from like a... 20 year old kid, you know, someone that's like super fit, super in shape and going down from like, I was like 180 pounds down to like 130. Wow. It was just, it was terrible. And the thoughts like obviously creep into your head, like, Oh, I'm never going to recover from this. I'm never going to do a lot of things again, or who, who's going to love me, things mm -hmm. like that. And just trying to keep those negative thoughts out of your head is kind of the space that you need to be in, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, it's so much easier said than done. Most of us, we just automatically always think worst case scenario. Oh, yeah, exactly. And this de this definitely was worse. Well, I mean, obviously dying would be the worst case scenario, but <laughs> you wouldn't know. But taking the mindset that the Marine Corps instills in you, you know, like never giving up, never quitting, you know, finish the mission, mm -hmm. I think definitely helped me. And then obviously my early childhood, like mental development, mental toughness and things like that. Mm-hmm kind of played a role in pushing myself further and wanting to get out of that negative space in your head. So yeah, so I stayed there for a while at the hospital. Uh, I was like inpatient for about six months, going back and forth uh, between outpatient and then inpatient, different surgeries and things like that. They'd um, After they had amputated all my fingers and stuff, had multiple other surgeries for like releases on my hands and my arms were... Like, obviously, your arms are supposed to be completely straight. And my arms, the retractions of the grafts were, you know, bringing my arms up with the skin tightening and stuff like that. So they'd have to go in and release those and then put them in casts to keep them straight. <laughs> wow. All kinds of things like that. Uh, they ended up cutting me from like hip to hip, wide open, taking the full thickness and putting those on my palms to keep that skin fresh. So it was a super long process, super long road to recovery, just like little victories, like each day in the physical therapy room or area, they had a Gatorade fridge. And one of my super 
goals that I always wanted to do was just like open a drink by myself again. And like getting to that point was like a huge milestone for me mm-hmm. and just like proceeding past that milestone and just having, keep having little victories and, and just doing things that people obviously say that you can't like a big question, you know, you're never going to shoot again. You're never going to do this again. And, uh, obviously shooting has played a big role in myself and what I'm doing now. And kind of, I love it because I just prove them wrong. Mm-hmm, definitely. I'm going to take a quick break and talk about SB Tactical. If you've got an AK-47 or AK-74 pistol that doesn't have a 1913 rail on the back of the receiver, you need to check out the SBM-47 brace from SB Tactical. The SBM-47 looks like the popular SBA-4, except with a fixed length of 11 inches. The great thing about this brace is it installs quickly and easily on the standard AK design without any modification. The brace adapter is simply a flat piece of aluminum that you install between the grip and the receiver, so there's no need to drill or tap in the very hard rear of the receiver, which I've done before, and it's not fun. Instead, you just loosen the grip, slide the adapter plate in, and tighten the grip back down. The whole kit including the adapters, only $149.99. But if you use that code GUNFUNNY15, you'll get 15% off. And that is at sb-tactical.com. At what point did you start seeing progress? How long do you think the entire recovery process was? I'd say about a year and a half just to get back to where I could live on my own, feed myself, bathe myself, dress myself. That part was about a year getting out of the hospital grounds and things like that. Cause I was at the wounded warrior battalion there in San Antonio at the Brook Army Medical Center and I hated it. Didn't know anybody. There's like five to 10 Marines there. Everyone else is army. Everyone else that was injured and in my unit went to Walter Reed, which is up in DC. And so I was the only one from my unit there. Didn't know anybody. I hated it. Just wanted to get out of there. And uh, so I finally, after a year, I got transferred back to the Wounded Warrior Battalion East at Camp Lejeune, which was great because my buddies were right down the road. I could go see them anytime I wanted. Just having that like support system around you really, really helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm just kind of in shock that you would stay as positive as you were and just have that mindset, that never quit mindset, which I think a lot of people, if they experience trauma in their lives, a lot of times it, they allow it to define them. They pretty much give up and they accept it for this is my life now. Whereas you definitely kept going and pushing yourself and adopting, being the perfect example of that never quit mindset. I'm sure a lot of people are like, how do you even do that? Where do you even start? You said it was probably your upbringing and the military. Yeah, they do implement that, but it's still... It has a lot to do with yourself. Yeah. I think it's just like the mental toughness that you have to have, the mental fortitude that you have to instill in yourself. And it's not easy, honestly. Like I can't just tell like, you know, obviously I'm this great motivator or whatever. No, like there, there's the day-to-day things where you're like, okay, shit, I got to pick myself up. I got to push myself to go do X, Y, Z. And there was many days where, 
early in my recovery process that I didn't want to do anything. You know, mm-hmm. you have the poor me's like the, why did this happen to me? Why did it not happen to somebody else or things like that? And you got to push that stuff out of your mind and pick yourself up by your bootstraps and get the damn job done, the mission. You know, and, and my mission changed from killing bad guys to getting myself back to the point where I could just feed myself or bathe myself, you know, things like that. And taking that stuff that the Marine Corps instilled in me and just pushing myself each day, those little victories are going to add up and you're going to find a way around things. You're going to have a process to do that. And you got to take that and compile it into your mind and, and change who you are and just kind of stay motivated. I know there's days where I don't want to do crap, but you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think if anything right now with everything going on in the world, I know if you look around, nobody's life is the same as it's been even a year ago. Everyone's life's changed, you know, with like COVID and the riots. And I see a lot of people that are just really down, really depressed. And so I thought that it would also be a good reason for you to come on the show and pick people up a little bit and realize, okay, yeah, our situation sucks right now, but Definitely. There's never, nothing's ever final and definite in your life. The only thing that you can control is how much effort that you put into something, mm-hmm. how much effort that you'll give. Because the amount of effort that you give, you could end up changing a whole situation, especially things in your life. Yeah. And just by doing that over and over again, it's going to keep compounding on itself and you're going to start winning, having the victories. And then that's going to start boosting your, your confidence in yourself and others around you. And it's a huge deal. Yeah, definitely. So tell me about the first time that you shot a gun after your injury. Yeah. So actually, it wasn't even a real gun. To be honest, it was some airsoft ARs and things like that and pistols. Obviously, <clears throat> being my background in the military and stuff, like I wanted to be safe with it and things like that. And I was like, I don't know about this. So I ended up getting some airsoft guns. And using those to help train myself in finding a way around trigger manipulation and charging the rifle and setting the bolt home, things like that, and grip and all the basic fundamentals and stuff like that. So using those, then I ended up, I was like, okay, you can handle this. Everything seems safe and you can actually shoot. Let's try it with a real firearm. So I ended up going out and buying my first AR-15 and a Glock pistol. And so it kind of just started from there. And then I just kept dry firing and things like that and just keep pushing myself to be able to get manual of arms down that are conducive to my injury, Mm -hmm. which is crazy because when people see me shoot or even just see me in general before they see me shoot, it's kind of like, okay, what's this guy doing? He doesn't have any fingers or any hands or things like that. So how's he going to shoot? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, even when I go to buy a gun, guys, you know, behind the counter or girls will hand me a firearm and they kind of like look at me like, okay, what the hell is this guy doing? Uh, I couldn't even imagine. It almost actually make for a funny video if you have a hidden camera. <laughs> that would be, yeah. Yeah. Candid camera thing. Definitely. Yeah. A prank. Um, so kind of that was also like another aspect of just people looking at you weird or, you know, kind of judging you and stuff. And you have to kind of push that out of your mind and just, who cares? You know, things happen. So branching on that. So then I started getting more proficient with firearms and things like that. And I actually got contacted 
through Wishes for Warriors, um, they mostly do a lot of hunts for injured vets, mm-hmm. deer hunting, bear hunt, all kinds of stuff. But I'm, I've never really hunted or anything. And I saw that they posted up a event that was like a man's weekend getaway kind of, but it was also, it had some training courses for firearms. It was like a vehicle course, a night class. And so I contacted them and they sent me down to Georgia, which was awesome. Super cool weekend, a really nice facility with decisive action. And they were running the course and all the guys were super awesome. And that's kind of how I branched into social media with the shooting. At first I was like, no, I'm not going to start an Instagram. That's for chicks. (laughs) Nobody wants to see me shoot. I kept pushing them off the whole weekend, like that the whole weekend. They're like, dude. So they ended up taking a video of me shooting and posting it online or on Instagram and it kind of blew up. And they're like, dude, you need to, you really need to make an Instagram. So I was like, all right, fine. So they like dropped me off at the airport. And I was just like hanging out, waiting, just doing the typical stuff, music. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just try this Instagram thing. So I ended up making an account and it's kind of uh, blossomed into what it is now. Yeah, no kidding. How are you able to shoot? Yeah, so it's a really interesting process after using those airsoft guns and things like that. I've gone out to some family land and I've perfected the art of shooting a rifle with my right pinky, which is pretty unintuitive, but it works and it works well. It works well for me, which is awesome. And then I've learned to shoot a pistol with my left thumb as my trigger finger, which is really crazy. So. Complete opposite hand and it works though. Wow. That's crazy. And then I would imagine that you had to build up some callus around certain parts of your hand in order to operate things. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Obviously a lot of slide bite, a lot of bandages, band-aids and things like that. And then I strictly run Glock pistols just because of the ergonomics for my injuries. Mm-hmm. Like every time I buy another pistol, I end up selling it no matter what it is, no matter, I don't know, it's ridiculous. Just because of the ergonomics and the ease of use for me personally, the Glock like 1917, that kind of platform is best for my situation, which is weird. I think it's just like the grip angle and where the trigger falls and everything like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so you do a lot of shooting. What is it that you do typically during the week? During the week, I am taking care of little children. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Mr. Mom. But since we've moved to North Carolina, my wife's kind of, she's staying home, which is awesome. So we have two parents uh, with the kids. And uh, now she's filling in the role of teacher since the COVID thing has happened. So most of my time is during the day is spent with the little guy, the the two and a half year old, taking him out, making sure he's having a good time and keeping him from not melting down and just making sure he's developing into a, a great young man. Yeah. That's awesome. It gives me a lot of time also to work on like social media and other things like that, which is great. Yeah. Especially because it is a lot of work. People don't realize They're like, oh, you're just posting pictures and talking to people. And you're like, "Uh, no, even creating content, YouTube videos, it is like a full-time job. Lots of work Mm -hmm. (laughs) on top of your real job. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So it helps that I'm retired, that I can actually like invest more time into creating content and putting myself out there more for people. That's kind of a thing that I've even 
tried to start doing more, I'd say in the past two to three years is, is trying to put myself out there more on social media, not just posting gun pictures, but like my life and things that I'm doing and stuff kind of helps get people to know you better and things like that. And just like saying yes to more opportunities. Mm -hmm. Have you had anybody reach out and say that you've been an inspiration to them? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's kind of crazy. Just a lot of the people, when I get a message about somebody that has a hand injury, it's especially like, wow, okay, this is awesome. Just because like they're reaching out to me for advice and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's happened a lot. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have had some kind of catastrophic hand injury due to either maybe being born like that or some kind of injury that they sustained. I recently went to Average Joe's Range Day down in Texas and one of the shooters and one of my followers, which is awesome, he was missing half of his uh, index finger for, for shooting. So he came up to me and we had a pretty long chat, which was awesome about what I do that works for me and maybe some things that would work for him. And I was like, well, one, I would change out your gun <laughs> just for the ease of use. Like mm -hmm. uh, get a Beretta. Manual of arms and a Beretta is a little tricky, especially if you're missing some digits. Yeah. So that was really cool getting to, getting to meet people actually from Instagram and people that I've talked to and people that follow me and stuff. And that was kind of really the first event that I've done like that, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. And then tell me about how you met your wife. Uh, so me and my wife met, I have a degree from Ohio State University. So we actually met on campus, which was crazy. She is a nurse and she was actually like studying, which is crazy. The course she was in was like for Burns mm -hmm. at that time. And I was like, hey, I, I know a lot about that stuff. And kind of hit it off. And ever since then, obviously, we got married, and had a couple of kids. So it was pretty wild uh, story. Just met her, you know, on campus at a coffee shop. And it uh, turned into two kids later. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, because going back to something you said earlier, where you think worst case scenario, who's going to love me now, because you don't have hands. And so you just think worst possible scenario, but it just goes to show that I think everyone out there is capable of finding someone and someone that will love them. And it's not all about having all of your extremities or looking a certain way. I feel like there is somebody out there for everyone. And I don't think that it really matters what's on the outside so much as what's oh, on I, the inside. What's, yeah, exactly. What's on the inside. Like you could be the most jacked, handsome guy in the world, but if there's nothing going on on the inside, Okay, Absolutely. you know, I can't have a conversation. You can't, you know, do, you know, things like that. The important things, looks and beauty fade over time. Yeah, and being able to have a personality and just things like that, I think, obviously attract people to you and want to want to be in you know around your world. So mm -hmm. definitely. What are your future plans from here? <sighs> really. I've, and I've talked about this with friends. I'm like, I just feel feel kind of lost, like on on the Instagram or social media or what I'm doing. Like, I just kind of just live it day by day and kind of just post what I like and post what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of up in the air, honestly. Um, I did a show with Vet TV, which was awesome. It was a, a laughing with veterans, which was cool. I got to tell my story more and be surrounded by some other veterans that have kind of gone through similar things was awesome and getting just to kind of get the my story and their stories out on film which was awesome but just moving forward from here i'm just kind of just doing the gun thing honestly 
I'm not really, I feel like I'm not like an industry person or whatever. I'm not, I haven't, I have still haven't been to shot show or anything like that. And obviously it's canceled this year due to COVID, yeah. but I'm just kind of doing me, honestly, <laughs> whatever that is day by day. If opportunities come up, like I said, I've been saying yes to a lot more things and putting myself out there more mm-hmm. for people to interact with me and just getting my story out there. But I would love to get out and do some kind of motivational speaking and talk to people more about not giving up, not quitting. Everybody has hard times, even if you're the richest man in the world or whatever. Oh, yeah. You're going to have those dark days, those thoughts that creep into your head. So getting that out of your head is key. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think you would be an excellent motivational speaker. Thank you. Hopefully it happens here eventually. Haven't really looked into it all that much, but just using my platform that I have to kind of motivate people out there. Mm-hmm. Working out a lot more. A new thing that I've started is like walking and running with my plate carrier on. And so I have like a whole new kind of like motivational saying stuff is like carry the weight, get out there, push yourself and push other people around you. It doesn't have to be just specifically working out. Like you could take the carry the weight to other things in your life. Yeah. Trying to motivate people. Definitely. Have you ever signed up for a yoga class and then went to the wrong studio and realized you were in a boot camp class instead? Because that sort of happened to me this morning. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sure they started whipping you into shape. No, I was like, what is this like jazz fingers when we're doing the warm up? And then, okay, we're doing planks. Like, that's weird. I don't really remember. Like, downward dog, maybe. And then I asked somebody, I'm like, is this the yoga class? <laughs> yeah. I've definitely done that in college. Just like, Showed up to the wrong class and like you'd slowly just like leave. <laughs> oh no, I wasn't gonna leave. So, I was like, well, definitely. I'm in it. I have oh, no yeah. idea what kind of class I'm in, but we're just gonna do whatever the instructor's doing. Ride it out. Yeah. That's awesome. I do think that working out, it's just amazing how much it helps your mental health because I've never worked out previously and then I started to within the last year and a half. And I don't even really care about being skinny as much because I'll easily work out and then go home and eat an entire freaking pizza. It's just more the mental benefits that it brings and just the clarity. And a lot of times you work off a lot of that anxiety or anger, or you just get to a point where you're so exhausted that you can't really care anymore. Yeah. I've, it kind of, it definitely helps in having that like routine. Okay. I'm going to go to do this workout today or X, Y, Z. And having that throughout the week, kind of mm-hmm. like you have that de-stressing already kind of built in through working out, which is huge. I think that I think a lot more people need to take advantage and get out there and do some things, you know, cut an hour out for yourself, work on you. Definitely. I think more people need to. All right. So can you tell listeners where they can find you on Instagram? Yeah. So it's just Nub Gunner, obviously on Instagram. So it's N-U-B-G-U-N-N-E-R on Instagram, Facebook. And I do have a YouTube, but I really haven't done a ton of content on there. All of them are Nub Gunner. Okay. So if you just type it in the search bar, you can find me. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll give them a follow. And moving forward, IWI. Every time I take out my Masada to the range, I'm amazed at how well it shoots and all the features that it has for the price. They definitely hit a home run with the design of the Masada. It's amazingly reliable. I haven't had a single issue with it. 
it's amazingly accurate and I haven't even made any modifications. Um, it's got a great trigger. The built-in optic cuts are great, especially for the value and obviously the price of the gun. Most pistols that do come optic cut, you have to buy adapter plates afterwards. The Masada comes with four adapter plates for the most common red dots, such as the RMR, the Delta Point, Vortex, and Romeo. The only thing I didn't care for was the combat sights. And that's just because in Israel, they line up those sights a little bit different. SIG also actually uses a lot of times the combat sights. So if you're used to that, you probably would like the sights on the Masada. I personally didn't really care for them, but you can easily switch those out. It comes with different back straps, so you can make sure that the gun fits your hand properly. MSRP is only $480, which is an incredible buy. Definitely check that out at IWI.us. While you're there, if you see any accessories that you like, don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15. That gets you 15% off. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political All right, so today's political segment is a little bit more positive. The pro-gun owner of Shooter's Bar and Grill headed to Congress. Have you heard of that restaurant, Shooter's Bar and Grill? It's in Rifle, Colorado, and all of the wait staff carries, they open carry. Uh, I think I've heard of something like that before. It might not be that exact establishment, but I mean, sounds like a really cool place. Yeah, it actually, I've never been there. In fact, I don't even know how far Rifle Colorado is from Colorado Springs, but it's on my list of things to do. I think it's definitely a cool concept, and I guarantee you that they never get robbed. Anyways, <laughs> Lauren Bobert, who's the owner of Shooter's Grill and Rifle Colorado, is headed to Capitol Hill in 2021 as a new congressional representative for Colorado's 3rd District. Bobert has four children and first entered the news in 2014 for her open carry policy at her restaurant, which included the arm weight staff. She made national news last September by attending a rally for presidential candidate Beto, telling him, hell no, you won't take our guns and continue talking on the microphone for two solid minutes at his own rally. This election cycle, Lauren ran as a Republican for Colorado's third congressional district after stumping against a proposed anti-gun ordinance before the Aspen City Council. She fought an uphill fight against GOP incumbent Congressman Scott Tipton, who was up for his fifth term and won against the long-serving congressman by nearly 10 points in the Republican primary. Last week, Boebert defeated Democratic challenger Diane Mish Bush, a former state representative who in 2013 helped secure a legislative victory for Colorado's controversial universal background check, and magazine ban laws. Bobert walked away with nearly six-point victory on Tuesday. This was despite a $1.2 million campaign push by anti-gun groups led by billionaire Michael Bloomberg's every town that repeatedly called out Bobart by name. Freedom wins, says Bobart on social media after Bush's concession statement. This is a great victory for freedom and prosperity. You know, what's kind of funny is I actually reached out to her and I wanted to have her on the show and her assistant said that they would love to come on the show and this is the kind of publicity that they're looking for. But because the other side, the left, is just vicious at this point, they could potentially use her being on the show against her running. So they were like, contact us after elections. I don't even know. There's always the but. Yeah. (laughs) I know. And. 
I don't know. I was kind of like, all right, I guess my show's not appropriate. It was hard not to take offense to that. I'm really glad she won, and I think she's doing an excellent job. And who knows? Maybe I will reach out to her again now that elections are over. And I get it. During elections, things definitely get pretty, I don't know, I don't want to say sleazy, but they definitely kind of get pretty malicious. And oh yeah, they throw each other under the bus for just anything and everything. So I guess I could understand that to a degree. But definitely, it's nice to see that there is a positive win on our side. And obviously, she's pro-gun. And I think that at this point, we just need whoever is pro-gun to be in charge because the future of gun rights just really isn't looking great in our favor at this point, right? Oh, I totally agree. It's great that she's a woman, a mom, a business owner, and then, you know, now being elected official. Uh, that's somebody that's, you know, has all the qualifications and stuff that we'd want to see uh, fighting for gun rights. And I do remember seeing that clip of her. I think at that rally with Beto and just like shouting him down and then just totally humiliating him, you know, mm-hmm. for, you know, a few minutes straight was just classic. Yeah, definitely. And I think you're right. I think it's great to see a female who's pro gun because I think we need to see more of that as opposed to what the NRA tries to push. Typical old white men. We need to change also the face of gun ownership and try to attract more of the other side or women. And I think that she does a great job of doing that. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it's definitely a positive light for the 2A community, getting away from that NRA kind of old FUD yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, I <laughs> <Definitely>. hear you. <laughs> well, you know what's not FUDDY is Manicore Arms. If you have the Tabor X95 from IWI, you need to check out Manicore's switchback charging handle. The switchback charging handle has a longer handle than the OEM. So you get a good solid grip quickly, but it folds down so it doesn't protrude and poke you or catch on things. You can sweep your hand back to flip it open and continue the charging action in one smooth action. When you release it, the weight of the handle causes it to flip closed, hence switch back and be back in that ultra low profile. You can install the switch back on either side, which is why I love these products as well as IWIs because they are truly ambidextrous. And you can get that at manicorearms.com. Don't forget, use that code GUNFUNNY15. That gets you 15% off your entire order. All right, guys. So if you have not sent me a question, please do so. Just go to gunfunny.com, click on the contact us form and fill it out. I don't say your name, so you could ask me anything. Today's question is, I'm new to guns and am wondering what is the difference between a flash hider and a muzzle brake? A lot of the ones I've seen look pretty similar. You know, actually, this isn't a bad question because for the longest time, I personally couldn't tell the difference either. Basically, a flash hider disperses the burning gas in a way that quickly extinguishes it so that the flash is as small as it possibly can be. A muzzle brake redirects the gas to reduce felt recoil behind the gun. A good way that you can tell them apart is brakes usually have a uniform diameter to the end while the flash hiders will open up wider towards the end. That's how I've determined which is which. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I'm mostly useful. Every single one of my guns has the Surefire War Comp, which is a flash hider. It's a uh, three-pronged open-ended muzzle device, which uh, allows the attachment of any of the Surefire suppressors. Oh, nice. um, 
that's the company that I prefer, but I know there's a lot of other great companies out there. I prefer flash hiders over breaks just because of like the re you said the recoil management with those. And mm-hmm. uh, it's not fun being next to one of those or in a house with somebody that has one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just the, the concussion is just rattles your brain. Yeah, definitely. Manicore actually makes some really awesome muzzle devices. I'll sit there and just kind of shoot sort of not really holding it as well as I could and just kind of screwing off on the range. And it just is such a flat shooting gun. It doesn't matter what gun I put it on. It could be the cheapest gun ever and it makes it shoot like it was like a super expensive gun. What are your thoughts between a muzzle device that is both a flash hider and muzzle brake? Oh, I've never really had any experience with that just because... Uh, mostly I shoot a lot of kind of just AR platform guns. So mm-hmm. I kind of think it's either one or the other. It's not really, yeah. I don't know if you can, I don't, I don't know if you can truly have, you know, both worlds with a muzzle device and a uh, flash hider. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that it's probably tough to make one that supports both really well. All right. Tactic talk. Tactic talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. The new Glock 44 aluminum slide from Nelson Precision. Have you had a chance to get your hands on the Glock 44? I have not. But I, like, <clears throat> I said I'll, I'll shoot his Glocks and I can't believe it. I haven't even held one yet. So I did shoot one. It was when it first came out and... I don't own one, but the it range has a polymer slide, right? Yeah. And okay. so the range that I go to, they had one. So I was like, oh, let me try it out. And I actually didn't have any malfunctions, even though it didn't really get the best reviews when it first came out. But the biggest thing was, is that the slide is plastic. And so people immediately thought like, oh, well, this isn't going to hold up and it's going to break. And in fact, there were a ton of pictures and videos out on the internet of this slide breaking. Nelson Precision Manufacturing, they decided that they would eliminate the possibility of it breaking, even if yours hadn't broken yet, or if it might in the future. They recently released the all-aluminum Glock 44X slide, which also allows you to change the sights, which is something that you actually can't do on the Glock 44 slide. This is the first aftermarket aluminum slide on the market for the Glock 44. The added capability of changing to better sights is certainly a huge plus, especially if you're not a fan of the sights that are on there. Personally, I don't mind the Glock sights. I think I shoot pretty well with them. But in addition to that, the slide also comes optic cut. So it will take a Trijicon RMR or SRO optic, and it works with the standard Glock 44 internal parts. So it's not like you have to buy slide parts for your new slide, you can just swap them out from the regular OEM parts. So that's always nice. Nelson, I saw they also released an aluminum locking block to eliminate the possibility of factory plastic ones breaking. And they didn't stop there. If you want to tune your Glock 44 to handle different loads, they also released an adjustable recoil spring assembly that takes standard Gen 3 Glock 19 springs. So different weight springs are extremely easy to find. So yeah, that's kind of cool. I'm actually surprised that it took this long. Well, actually, it didn't take them this long to come up with it because I did see them. I followed them on Instagram and they were working on this, I'd say probably within the first two months that the Glock slide came out. But it is kind of weird. 
It is. Yeah, it's a great idea, but it is kind of weird that Glock would, after consistently making all of their other guns, that they would just be like, hey, let's try a polymer slide. Let's see how that works. Yeah, I feel like they're just like getting cheaper and cheaper with the Glock platform. Yeah. You know, lo- lowest denomination bidder win. So, yeah. And honestly, if you felt it because of the slide, because typically that's the bulk of the weight is the slide and the barrel. So with the slide being plastic, it definitely felt more like a toy. It was extremely light. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice that that comes with an optic cutter already. You always have to send a slide off. Yeah. Weight. (laughs) I know. I know. And honestly, red dot pistols right now are just all the rage. So I think it's smart that they automatically included that because I can't tell you the last time I shot uh, iron sights. Yeah. Well, I still do. I need to, you know what? I need to put a fire under my butt and start switching out a lot of my slides or getting optic cuts in them because it's definitely, and it makes it shooting so much easier and you can get on target quicker and shoot accurately quicker and all that stuff. So exactly. Target transitions are way faster too. So. Uh-huh. I know. All right. Palmer 80. I was looking at their website and I found something I actually haven't seen before. It's the RJ556U. So it's an AR-15 universal jig for 80% mil-spec lower receivers. The jig was designed to be compatible with any mil-spec 80% AR-15 lower receiver. It's designed as a low-cost alternative to the expensive and complicated metal jigs out there. And let's face it, it's not like you want to spend a ton of money on the metal jigs out there anyways, because most people will only be building a few. If you guys want to check out this kit, it's available for $49.99, and it contains the jig, the three trigger guides, and end mill and drill bits. And you're not going to pay full price if you use that code GUNFUNNY, because then you're going to get 15% off. Check that out at Palmer80.com. Stupid. Funny. Cool. Interesting. Awesome as f- never mind. AF Florida woman votes wall in labor. A pregnant woman who obviously is in Florida, it's always the crazy people that are in Florida. It must be too much sun or something. <laughs> she was in Orlando and last week wouldn't let labor get in the way of casting her vote for president. She refused to let her husband take her to the hospital until she filled in her ballot. Officials with the Orange County Supervisor of Elections said the woman was already in labor when she arrived at the polling site with her husband Tuesday afternoon. The husband asked for a ballot for his wife and later told the staff that she was in the car in labor and refusing to go to the hospital until she voted. The employee rushed outside to give the woman her ballot and check her ID. The staffer thought the woman would fill it out later, but while doing controlled breathing, the woman filled the ballot out right there. A staff member said the unexpected incident delivered a bunch of smiles to the election workers. Officials said the woman's husband later drove her to the Orlando hospital to have the baby. Definitely admire her dedication to wanting to vote, but I wonder why she waited, especially if she knows she's going to be going into labor in the next couple of days. But yeah, at least she was able to vote and hopefully that vote counted. (laughs) Counted. Yeah, exactly. Super dedicated. I mean, personally, I would have just done the absentee, but hey, I guess she wanted to be in person. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Which, honestly, after everything going on, I definitely think in-person was probably the better thing to do, even though they were kind of setting some people up for failure by giving them Sharpie markers and stuff like that. But 
Oh, yeah. All kinds of shadiness. Yeah. But remember, we said we weren't going to get into anything negative about politics. (laughs) (laughs) We'll keep it there. (laughs) All right. So today's reviews on iTunes. If you guys haven't left an iTunes review, please do so. There's a note that says we are all out of reviews now. So these are the last two. First review is GJN25, episode GF166, Snowbird, five stars. It was interesting to hear that air guns have advanced enough to be used for practice. I'll be checking it out. I am a new listener and work in medicine. A lot of anti-gunners are now buying guns. I wish they would listen to your podcast to see that gun people are normal, uh, question mark, <laughs> and to have training stressed. I just put a SB Tactical SBT5KA brace on my SP89, and it works great and so easy to put on. Keep up the good work. We appreciate it, CJC. Second is duct tape rules, five stars, because I can't put six five stars. Operator Tickles would have been able to put six stars. One of my favorite podcasts in the 2A community. Really enjoy listening on the way to the range. All right, so I want you to pick a winner out of those two reviews. Oh, man. The first Um, or the second? I would say GJN25, uh, just for upgrading their gun with some SB Tactical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also being in medicine and still being pro-gun. Yeah, trying to get people out there into it. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so GJN25, contact me and I'll send you a prize pack. But duct tape rolls, thank you again for the awesome review. In fact, Tickles right now, she's sitting on my lap. So I'm sure she appreciates it too. Now it's time to wrap up. Guys, you can find me at gunfunny.com. If you want to support the show, you can become a patron of the show. You could even make just a one-time donation. I set up my own type of Patreon on the GunFunny website. So in order to do so, just go to gunfunny.com. Click on the support the show link in the menu bar. And it's pretty self-explanatory from there. Blown Deadline's also giving away a $300 gift certificate each month to a lucky Patreon, regardless of your pledge. $5 and up Patreons, they get a Patreon-only patch, so this will never be for sale. That's how you can tell the true Patreons of the show. Also wanted to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Star Wars 77, Ralph Anthony, and Melissa Ridings. And King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say that Operator Tickles can put out a fire with a gallon of gasoline. (laughs) All right. Anson, thank you so much for everything and for telling your story and for just keeping people positive and just being an inspiration. Can you tell listeners once again where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, I just wanted to just say thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Again, I really appreciate getting my message out there and motivating people. You can find me on Instagram at nubgunner. And also now there's the new app, Parlor, and it's just nubgunner as well. And YouTube, nubgunner. Nice. Um, look forward to maybe interacting with some of you people out there. And I appreciate it. Stay positive and carry the weight. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And on that note, we're out of here. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.